Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I am your host, Leanne DeSanto, and we are honored to have you with us today. This podcast is here to serve you and stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self. We are all about the whole person here at Rise Up For You. So if you haven't grabbed your free Becoming Your Best Self startup kit yet, all you need to do is text RISE Podcast, all one word, to 797979, and we'll get that free gift out to you. And there you can also schedule your free success coaching call. Absolutely complimentary, and we can support you both personally and professionally. Now, today's guest is Nigel Bennett. Absolute amazing conversation with Nigel. He's the best storyteller and has had so many journeys in his life. You're really going to love him. Now, he is an award-winning entrepreneur, author, and philanthropist. He's also the founder of AquaGuard Spill Response Incorporated, a global leader in oil spill control that works to protect water in over 100 countries around the world. Uh, he and AquaGuard have received multiple awards for their innovation, business excellence, and entrepreneurship. And he received the British Columbia Institute of Technology's 2018 Distinguished Alumni of the Year Award. And he has just done so much. But what I love about Nigel is his message and mission is really simple. Build your own business and social network so you can do amazing things in the world and make a positive difference with your life. That is what Nigel's all about, and I'm so excited to share him with you here today. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Well, welcome, Nigel, to the Rise Up For You podcast. Thanks, Leanne. I really appreciate it. Great being here. Yeah, I was so excited for this conversation today, and your story is so fascinating. So let's dive right in and share a little bit about your story, your book, which I love the title of, and oh, uh, your you. journey that led you here today. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, I um, my name is Nigel Bennett. Um, I'm actually in Whistler, BC, right now. Um, I live in Vancouver, but my wife and I have been kind of going back and forth, so we kind of live in both places. Nice. Um, I founded a company in 1992 called AquaGuard Spill Response, and uh, what we do is we are le world leaders in the design and manufacture of marine oil spill response equipment, technology, and services. So um, like the BP Horizon oil spill, which was 10 years ago last month, actually, oh. uh, down in the Gulf of Mexico, believe it or not. Mm. Yeah. And uh, we've done business in 104 countries and have about 3,000 clients. Um, but um, in, in 2014 and 2015, I was able to set the business up to run without me. I took my family and I traveled the world for a year. I uh, went to 17 countries and um, that's where I started writing my book, Take That Leap, Risking It All for What Really Matters. Hmm. And I published it in 2018. And uh, during that year as well, uh, with my kids, uh, we founded uh, a nonprofit called True Beach, um, T-R-U-B-E-A-C-H, which um, is a platform to allow people to report the true conditions of the beaches and oceans around the world because you got so sick of all the contamination in the oceans. Mm -hmm. And I also formed a, uh, another nonprofit called giftadd.com, which um, helps dispel the myth that people with ADD and dyslexia um, don't have a curse, but are actually gifted. 
So that's kind of uh, wow. Just a few, nutshell. just a few little things you've been working on. Wow, wow, that is yeah. amazing, terrific. Uh, yeah, I mean, lots to unpack there. Beautiful, beautiful work in the world. Um, but I know you talk a lot about, you know, especially with the book, right? Uh, risk your yeah. risk, risking it all. Right. How do you right. come back from, you know, maybe what's perceived as a failure or yeah. you know, building resilience? So let's talk a little bit about that. Wow, I um, I have a lot. I'm actually in a in a in a MIT entrepreneurial conclave right now, and I've been in this group for 17 years. Mm. Three of us have actually. Um, um, we were going to go on the road, um, but we're now doing a lot of virtual talks and we're sharing our lessons from the edge on how, because we've been through so many different uh, reinventions. Mm. Um, but so, so going way back, I, um, I actually worked for my father's company for 10 years from 1982 to 1992 mm. and I was doing environmental mapping. So I was in you know, 10 different countries for 10 years, started in Venezuela, my right out of high school, my first couple of days on the job, I was flying an helicopter over Lake Maracaibo. And we got a little bit too close to the uh, Colombian border. And the FARC guerrillas, who are still operating there today, were taking pot shots at our helicopter, telling us to get out of the area. So it was a rude awakening yeah, <laughs> for me. But in what I saw in Venezuela was all the oil contamination on Lake Maracaibo because of the oil exploration. Mm. And, and then I, you know, I spent a significant time in Egypt, in the Middle East, um, for about five years on and off. I was there, not full time, but uh, you know, a lot of my time. And I, I really, um, something really resonated with me. I was doing another um, overflight of the country and I was driving the roads and I was, I was a scuba diver. So I was diving the reefs and taking samples of, of reefs and things. And I ended up at this helicopter base just south of Suez. Mm. And um, there was a military checkpoint I went through and I, there was a helicopter waiting to take me out of, of an overflight of the Sinai Peninsula. And uh, I got to the helicopter base and I, I got out of the car and this, this American, um, big American fellow waddled, kind of waddled over to me. His name was Johnny. And he had a bit of a limp. He had been injured in Vietnam. And uh, he was flying for the oil services in, in the Gulf. And he came over to me. And I was just a kid. I was in my mid-20s by this time. And he looked at me and he said, You know, Nigel, I know why you're here. And I know what I got to do. But, you know, do you really think you can make a difference? Like, I, I know what your job is. I know what you're trying to do. But do you really think you can make a difference? And, and I thought mm. I was making a difference at that time. So I, I jumped in his helicopter, and we're going to do this overflight over the Sinai. And there were two gentlemen that jumped in the back, two um, oil executives that jumped in the back. We were going to take to an oil facility on the other side. And I put on the headset, the helmet and the headset, because I was in the co-pilot seat. And we lifted off. And he said to me, he said, okay, can you hear me? I said, yeah, I can hear you. He said, okay, now I can talk to you. I'm going to take, I'm going to drop these guys off and then I'm going to take you to some areas um, that I'm not supposed to take you to. I said, okay, that's, that sounds great. And he said, get your camera out, have it between your legs, but whatever you do, don't let the guys in the back seat see your camera because if they do, they could report us and we could both be arrested and thrown in jail for spying. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So we flew over up to the Sinai. We dropped these two guys off, and then we flew into some areas that he wasn't supposed to take us. Mm -hmm. And all I saw was broken pipeline after broken pipeline after broken pipeline and oil just flowing into the Red Sea. Mm. And he said, get your camera going and take as many pictures as you can and get back to uh, North America and show them to as many people as, as, as you can. Because he said, you know, I really, I think you can make a difference, but this has to get out. 
so that that resonated with me for my whole life i um i've been working there for about five years i was still working for my father's company at the time um my uh, my father flew into the country um to wrap up the project i was supposed to meet him i was in alexandria and he was in cairo Mm. and uh, i drove uh I, i had a taxi driver drive me all the way on this old desert road full of potholes and um, you know, burning cars and things. It was, it was quite interesting mm-hmm. drive. And uh, my, my father, I found, had been arrested and thrown in jail. And I had to basically escape out of the country. And a lot of this is in my book, so mm. I won't talk too much about it. But um, I flew back to Vancouver, and uh, my sister and I were both working at my father's company. But we realized that you know, our father and us, we had different ethics. And so we decided to break off of my father's company and form our own company called Aquaguard Spill Response, which actually we were able to design and manufacture equipment for the clients that I had been meeting as I was traveling the world that really needed our help. And so that was that was kind of my start to trying to make a difference. I, I just thought, you know, there, there's so many areas like this in the world that people don't see. Mm-hmm. And people yelling out for help and um, they just didn't have anything that they could clean this stuff up with. So that was back in 19, you know, 1992. Um, so 20, 27 years ago or 28 years ago now, I guess. Wow. Yeah. So that, so that was my, my big aha moment was really, you know, when as a young guy, I thought that I could make a difference in the world and just being told that I couldn't. Mm. And I became really determined after that. Wow, that's great, and I think that's that's. Yeah, I rambled on a bit there. So. No, that's that's wonderful because it really sets the stage for um, people, uh, you know, our listeners being able to look at their own life and say, okay, when, right. you know, maybe did they have that like passion or that dream to make a difference, but either got shut down, yeah. or thought it was too big, or yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's sometimes it's just making a difference in your own family in your own I, community. I know, I know, yeah. I, I, and I, you know, it, it was it was crazy because I. You know, my, my, I grabbed my sister. We left. I grabbed another another fellow um, to work for my father's company, and we formed this this little tiny company. My wife and I we leveraged everything. Mm-hmm. We had no business, no contracts, mm-hmm. but I had international contacts. I was very lucky that way, very fortunate. And I didn't realize at the time how fortunate I was. And I, you know, I would go to the office every day, like you know most you know many people do. Go to the office every day. I call it the doorknob effect. Mm-hmm. I reach out and I touch the doorknob and it's almost vibrating because I know as soon as I step through that door, it's going to be chaos. And mm-hmm. every single day, like I, I lived like that for 20 years. Every every day I step in through the door, I was living in, in, in chaos. And and because um, I didn't know I was an entrepreneur. I didn't know, you know, where, where anything would lead. I didn't know if I could, um, you know, in the shower every morning, I, w- I would think, you know, do I have to lay people off? You know, can I make payroll or can I hire? Do I need to hire people? I was, this was constantly going on. And a, um, a good friend of mine that was a, um, a lineman in the, uh, in a professional football league in the Canadian football league, mm-hmm. he just retired and he started an insurance company, but he saw that I was going through this hell and he literally, he's 330 pounds and he literally grabbed me <laughs> by the scruff of the neck. <laughs> And he dragged me into this organization called the Entrepreneur, or it was called the Young Entrepreneurs Organization at the time, which mm-hmm. is now called EO or the, the Entrepreneurs Organization. Mm-hmm. And he dragged me to a meeting, and I and I and I joined this group, um, and I and I inside that I 
I got into a focus group or a forum group, we call it. And that was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me, but I was forcibly dragged you know, into this, <laughs> into this situation. And it was, um, it was, it was, it was crazy. And, and, and right after that, I mean, a few years after that, um, I, um, I hired a coach, um, to help me sort things out. I had a, um, my coach puts it as we have this asteroid belt. We have all these asteroids floating around, big ones and little ones. Um, you know, what are your, what are your life goals? So we, we, we listed out on one page, just a one page, what my life goals were. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, in order to get to this, we have to knock out these asteroids. And let's start taking out the little ones first. So we started taking out the little asteroids, the little things that I had to take care of in my life and in my business. And, um, and then I started creating a rhythm and things started happening faster and faster and faster because I got, I, I, first I thought there's no way I can do this. I can't even take out the small one, but then I started to take out three small ones and then it grew and grew. Then I can take out a biz, big one. And I was working my, my way on this list that he held me accountable to. He, cause I would, I'm ADD and I've got, and I'm also dyslexic. So I would veer off into, into all those different directions, mm-hmm. but we'd have our monthly face-to-face meetings and we would, and he would check in with me monthly on the phone as well. And we check on my list, not somebody else's list. It was my list of things that I wanted in my life and my family's life. And I would veer off and he would go, why are you doing this? This is your goal. This is what you wrote for yourself. And so I also got into a rhythm of creating and moving through these a lot quicker too. And um, it, it, things really started to, to blossom once I accepted that. And, you know, I, I, I belong to a entrepreneurial conclave out of the EO group uh, that's in Boston. We meet in Boston every year, uh, an offshoot of MIT. Um, it's called the uh, Gathering of Titans, and it used to be the Birthing of Giants program. Mm. And, you know, there's 75 of us in this class, and this was our 17th year, or supposed to be our 17th year this year. And um, a lot of my classmates ask me, and they, they see that I've had a coach for 15 years, <laughs> and they ask me every year, you know, so this coach, tell me more about it. And I say, well, you know, it's incredible and well how much does it cost well it costs this much and then next thing you know three years goes by and they're asking me the same question again so Mm. you know they haven't engaged a coach and i I went the very very first year i went to this class in boston there's a gentleman named Vern harnish and he was one of the founders of the entrepreneurs organization and he stood up in front of us and he asked our class of 75 he said how many of you guys and girls out there all entrepreneurs all business owners have a coach and I'm like, okay, all these guys, are they're geniuses. And I kind of put my head down, put my hand up. <laughs> and he, all I heard him say was, only three of you? Only three of you have a coach out of 75. Wow. And he said, let me tell you something. Every single successful person on the planet has one or multiple coaches. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it was, he used the example of Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Michael Dell. Those are the examples he used. And he said, you guys, you cannot do life alone. Mm. You cannot do it. So it was a bit of validation for me because I'd hired a coach just before that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, was, I, was, I was moving really quickly through a lot of things. I, 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 I had this doorknob effect still going on with my business and my life. I was still living in the entrepreneurial chaos. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get out so badly. My coach asked me one day, he said, Nigel, um, you know, if somebody was, if I was to come up to you and offer you something for your business, what would you sell it for today? And I said, one dollar. 
And he, and he said, what? I said, one dollar. I said, I just want my freedom back. I want my freedom. I want to be able to go with my wife and kids and go surfing and ski, whatever. I want my life back. <laughs> and he said, well, that's not really acceptable. So let's structure something. So what I was doing is I wanted my life back so bad. I was parachuting in C-suite leaders. So I would, I would go to my competitor and I would poach this, the general manager or the CEO. And I did, I had three, I did three times over 10 years and every year, every time failed because they, they didn't really know the culture of my business. Um, I thought I was bringing in the savior, but they, they just didn't, they clashed with my, um, management to my employees and it just didn't work out. But all the while I did not realize we were organically growing from inside my business um, some superstars to actually take it to the next level. And mm. um, so I actually ended up buying out my old business partner and um, a younger gentleman, he's turning 40 now, um, he runs everything. And he, he basically was a guy that came to our business when he was 18 and was sweeping the floor in one of our shops. Wow. And he got into sales and he got into estimating and he worked his way through the, but he knew more about the business than I, than I did like 10 times more than I did because he was, he was into everything. And so I've been able to, um, in 2012, I was able to set the business up. With, uh, to run without me I have a one page plan with my business partner mm. these are the things that Nigel will do these are the things that Nigel won't do anymore and we signed it off he bought into the company and um, I was able to take a year off and travel with my family in 2014 2015 and we went to 17 countries and I you know I checked in occasionally but I was able to get my freedom back and that's what I really wanted and, and then I was able to focus on things my, my book is take that leap so leap mm -hmm. and uh take that leap risking it all for what really matters and what really matters to me in my life now is is giving back and um, you know supporting people and other entrepreneurs um sharing my life stories on and i, and I don't I, I my book isn't a how-to book um, I've been challenged on that because I know a lot of people write how to, you know, if you want to become a billionaire, you got to do this. You, right. you got to do this. Right. I didn't want to become a billionaire and I didn't want to do a how to book. Right. You know, right. I wanted to be a successful human being and mm. I wanted to share my life stories. And if there's any little nuggets that people can get out of those stories, then I've done my, then I've done my job. And yeah. So that's, you know, that's what I've been doing. Um, Fantastic. Is, you know, I've created, as, as I mentioned, I created some nonprofits with my kids and my mm. coach and, and now I, you know, I, been reborn again and I jump out of bed every day just super excited for the world and I sorry I've really been rambling on here no I, it's beautiful no, I, I think <laughs> people can relate gosh. to the, you know you're, you're tied yeah. to their own story but yeah I mean what a, a, a few things that I love that you brought up and that I, I think I'm hearing you saying is first yeah. you know to make a difference there there may be some risk involved right to make a difference to step out to leap to Absolutely. to, to, to to go beyond, right, um, just the norm, yeah. it, there may be some risk. I, I love what you said about coaching because I agree. I've been a, oh a, a coach in some capacity for 30 years, and I've had multiple coaches. And, yeah, you know, yeah. one coach said to me once, we can't see our own eyebrows. And I love that, yeah. right? We can't yeah. see our own eyebrows. And yeah. I used to always say to people when I'd be talking about coaching, they're like, oh, who needs a coach? And la, la, la. Be, okay, well, yeah. like Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, the best of best. They have coaches. We right. all have coaches. <laughs> we all need any coaches. Discipline, any discipline. Any like discipline. people. Like, I'm not just talking about business people. A anybody. Yeah. People. Um, if you talk about spiritual leaders, they have mentors. They mm. have masters. You know, in, in, 
you know, all these martial arts, they have mastered it. And I, yeah, and I know a lot of you entrepreneurs know? that have, like you said, the, you know, a spiritual coach, a business coach, sure. a Absolutely. mindset, you know, I mean, all of it because... Um, and two, it's funny what you said about entrepreneurship, right? We often yeah. go into entrepreneurship because we want freedom, but you were struggling with freedom. But the really, the interesting thing is if, if you can, I mean, it's, it's taken me so long and I, you know, I've got lots of gray hair and I, you know, I've, I've got so many, you know, crazy stories. Um, but I, I really think, you know, people talk about, you know, oh, you got to create a life balance here. I mean, your coach, oh, you got to create a life balance. I'm like, you know what? I don't think that's it. Mm. I think it's creating a life rhythm. It's mm. like a dance. Like you, you create this rhythm. Once you get into the rhythm and the flow, things just take off. And that's what's happened to me is I've, I've been so fortunate that I've been able to step from one world into a different world. Mm -hmm. And, and now I'm in this flow and it's, it's unbelievable. And I get, you talk about the power of attraction and all that stuff. Mm. It, you know, I'm meeting the most incredible, amazing people that are doing amazing things in the world since I made that shift. And I, I only made a, the big, a big shift in 2010. I had, there was a speaker that came to my uh, class in Boston. I was uh, ready to leave. I was like, you know, I've kind of had enough. And uh, her name was Lynn Twist. And I, I don't know if you've ever interviewed Lynn, but yes. Lynn is unbelievable. Love her. She's yep. one of the most powerful women yeah, I've ever met. And mm -hmm. she invited myself and my family to go deep into the Amazon rainforest with her and, and mm -hmm. visit a tribe that had only had contact with the Pachamama Alliance is the group she founded. Mm -hmm. Uh, for about 10 years and I had a I went I guess you call it a spiritual or my conscience was talking and we had a an ayahuasca ceremony with the tribe mm. and um, that's I was in the middle of selling my business to a company in the UK I'd already taken the deposit and I had this it was a vision it was a vision and but I think it was my conscious talking to me mm. it was basically saying Nigel do not sell your company Nigel take your company off the table leverage it leverage your platform that you have formed in the past 30 years to do good in the world mm. and that's what i did i flew back to vancouver flew to london said thank you very much guys pulled the deal off the table came back bought out my partner put this new guy in and and that's wow. what i've been doing ever since and it's yeah taking those leaps of yeah what am i doing you know you just <laughs> and listening right listening listening to that inner knowing yeah, yeah, yeah. and intuition wisdom whatever you want to call it like being able to yeah to do that sometimes we we, we, we tend to react to the outside world so much instead of like yes. really going yes. in and be like, okay, does this feel right in my head, my heart, and my gut, right? Does this right. feel right? And checking in and being able to do that. So yeah, yeah. that's so yeah. important. And, I, and you know, on, on the business, on the business side of things again, um, you know, right now is a difficult time in the world. And I think, you know, it's optics. I, I've been through a bunch of these reinventions quite a few times. Mm. And I think I mentioned earlier that I'm, I'm doing a bit of a, a, a well, a Zoom tour, webinar tour to the entrepreneurs organization and other groups, other mm -hmm. groups of interested entrepreneurs and sharing our lessons from the edge. And we call ourselves the three CEOs.com <laughs> and we're doing it for free. We're just, we're just doing it because we, we're elders now. And I, and I truly believe that as elders, it's our obligation and our duty to share our wisdom, whatever it is with other generations. And just like the indigenous people of the past, we just yeah. don't do that in Western society anymore. 
No, we tend to want to put our elders on the shelf, right? And they can't contribute anymore. But it's like there's so I much know, there. We've locked them away. We've locked it's them crazy. away in these, in these homes. And, and I, I my son really gets My son's 23 and he gets so annoyed. He loves hanging out with older people mm. because he likes to hear their stories. Yeah. Yeah. We you relate know? to stories. It's the campfire effect, right? The campfire. It's like let's sit around the campfire and tell our stories. And we can resonate yeah. even if our story is different. It's... It's the yeah. human experience. It's so important, right? It, so it important, is. Yeah. It is, and we really. I mean, we lose. We lose that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we may be gaining a little bit of that in kind of a weird way. It's kind of the new campfire, and it's these Zoom connections because I think we're <laughs> connecting with more people on video and Zoom that we wouldn't have connected with, you know. With, yeah before it, it's just a weird new it way is a weird new way <laughs> the new normal I, I, you yeah, know, I, yeah. I guess but i i think that's something that's good that's that's come out of you know what's been going on in the, yeah. world in the past while i think so too i know i think it's it's a positive thing and and as long as we we keep sharing stories and connecting and yeah. and supporting yeah. each other and and whether it's through a coach a mentor whether it's through just you know friendship and community and family it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's keeping that connection. And those connection. peer groups, for me, peer groups like the, and I talk about the Entrepreneurs Organization, I've been a member of many peer groups, but the peer groups, you get the, the peer group, there's the larger group, and then there's the focus group or the forum groups or mastermind groups. Mm. Those are so powerful. And mm-hmm. I, you know, my wife and I talk about it all the time. If I hadn't been dragged into the Entrepreneurs Organization, my, our lives and my family would have been completely different than it is today. Yeah. And all it was was taking that little tiny step. Yep, that's it. Or like getting dragged you, or whatever. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. But, you know, sometimes we might, you know, go kicking and screaming at the beginning. But then when we yeah. get there, we realize that, like, wow, we need to ask for help. We need to get support. Need and it's help. not yeah. diminishing your knowledge. Because I think some people are afraid to ask, oh, will I look like I don't know what I'm doing? Or yeah. No, it's, it's yeah, it's the best leaders in the world are the ones that say, hey, guys, I'm not sure about this. What do you think? Right. Those, yeah. those are the best yeah, let's leaders. Let's step out, like lean yeah. into it, lean into yeah. the unknown. It's, I mean, that's the fun, that's the fun part of life is kind of stepping over and into the unknown Yeah. for me anyway. Yeah, you know, just, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's scary as heck, but boy, <laughs> do I ever get an adrenaline rush when I step into that zone. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. All right. Well, great. Well, let's go into our power section of the interview where I'd like to ask sure. you a few questions. So first one, what is one book that's had a massive impact on you? Well, I, I, I talked a little bit about Lynn Twist, and mm-hmm. she wrote this awesome book called The, um, the Soul of Money. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the power of giving, and she talks about money being like water it flows out but it but then it pours in so mm. I, you know i just i have so much admiration for lynn and she's just one of my rock stars yeah, yeah. fantastic yeah. how about one quote that you live by um the same day that lynn came and spoke spoke to my class at mit this other gentleman came and his name was brother david <clears throat> he's a benedictine monk mm. i think he's 90 years old now he lives in argentina and Brother David, uh, he has something called the Gratefulness Institute. So his quote, I had to look it up again here because I just—he's just amazing. He says, "He said the root of joy is the root of joy is gratefulness. It is not joy that makes us grateful; it is gratitude that makes us joyful." Mm. Yeah, and I thought yeah. oh, that's that's it's pretty powerful. So true. So true. Yeah. So true. If you could, if you could leave the world, that's a pretty great message right there. If you could leave the world with one final message, like your golden nugget, what would that be? Oh man, I've got a couple of them. Um, well, in my book, I talk, you know, I, I talk about creating a life rhythm, not a life balance. I think that's mm. um, 
just I think that's this we just need to step into that a little bit more I you know I've found it amazing um, a couple of I'll tell you a couple of other little ones um, I found with me getting great freedom because I have got my freedom back but when I had the freedom back I now have great responsibility mm. so with great freedom comes great responsibility and then a really cool quote I heard I was on a zoom call with Marshall Goldsmith he's, he's an amazing fellow one of the uh, highest rated speakers on the planet and he said to us the other day in our in my my Zoom call, he said, "Our mission in life is to make a positive difference." And that's it. There you go. <laughs> Pretty simple. There's <laughs> beauty and simplicity, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's all he said. Sometimes yeah, we make it so complicated, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we, do. we do. I love it. I love it. Well, how can we find you and and support you and get your book and all that good stuff? Yeah, well, my book, uh, Take That Leap, Risking It All for What Really Matters, is on Amazon. I did a voice recording, so it's also on Audible. Um, or you can go to my website at www.nigeljbennett.com. Perfect. And we will put that in the show notes as well. Okay, one more question. Now, as you know, we are Rise Up For You. So when you hear that phrase, what does it mean to you? Oh, my gosh. I just mm-hmm. think um, just empowerment. I'm just empowered. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. One word. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what we try to do, and that's what I know you're doing in the world, and yeah, totally. (laughs) Love it, love it. Well, Nigel, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so excited to read your book and uh, to to support your work in the world, and we just uh, so grateful, grateful again that you're here today to speak with us. No, thanks, Leah. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.